know that the battle is already won and the victory is yours. Father, we're just so incredibly thankful for you and your love and for Savior Lord Jesus Christ. My hope is for everyone to know how much we are loved, for you are a good and loving God, and your love endures forever. We love you dearly. chapter 1, verses 8 through 11, together. It says this, the word of God to you. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. We were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. That was to make us not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Thus is the reading of God's word. You may be seated. As we continue this morning in our series on prayer. Over the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about the journey of prayer, the journey of prayer, as we journey through this broken world, through the brokenness of our flesh and the various situations and circumstances we find ourselves in. We're going to be talking about just how important prayer is along the journey. And the Apostle Paul, who wrote what we just read, is a model for us on this journey of prayer in his own missionary journeys. Paul learned to rely on the power of prayer, as should we, on our faith journey. And Paul writes about his reliance on prayer many times in his New Testament letters, especially during his missionary journeys, because Paul understood the importance of prayer. So again, over the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 27 and 28, and Paul's journey, and how prayer played such an important part in that journey. Amen? Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. I'm glad you guys are here with us this morning. A special welcome to those of you who may be joining us for the very first time today. My name is Rodney. I'm one of the pastors here at New City, and I'm always excited for our time together. Now, y'all know I have no problem with telling you when I am needy. So this morning, I'm needy, okay? You ever woke up in the morning and just didn't want to get out of the bed, didn't want to get out? So that's, that's where I'm at. So I'm being vulnerable. I want you to do the right thing with that information. I want you to give me your energy this morning. Amen? All right. So before we look at uh, Acts 27, I want to recap a few things that we've learned so far on our journey talking about prayer. Last week, Pastor Travis taught us that the epitome of faith is trusting God no matter what. Right? That means trusting God no matter what your situation or your circumstance look, looks like today. The epitome of faith is trusting God no matter what. And as a part of that, it's important for us to abandon our need for control. Our need to control every situation and circumstance that we find ourselves in. And as we do that, we'll find out that in His will is where our peace is. We also learn that prayer is a sacred conversation, right? Prayer is a sacred conversation with our Father in heaven who is infinite, 
and intimate. Prayer is a relationship with God where we get clarity around life's two most important questions, right? Who is God and who am I? We get clarity on those answers in prayer. We also learn that what makes prayer with God powerful is our understanding of God. It's a part of what makes prayer powerful. We've been learning that the power of our prayers is determined by our confidence in His promises. The power of our prayers is determined by our confidence in the promises of God. Now, as a side note, we're talking about prayer here in this series. I want to remind you that prayer is a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual discipline. And spiritual disciplines help us to understand who God is, and it helps to give us confidence in His promises. Now, spiritual disciplines like prayer and reading God's Word and fasting, fellowship, and worship, they're practices that are found in Scripture. They promote spiritual growth. They are activities that affect our attitudes. That's why it's important that we lean in when we talk about these spiritual disciplines. But what I'm learning is that when we combine these spiritual disciplines together along our faith journey, the greater our understanding of God and our confidence in His promises. Because for many of us, if we're honest, maybe we pray, but maybe we don't read God's Word as often as maybe we should. Or maybe we read God's Word, but we don't fellowship with God's people or practice solitude or fast as often as we should. And so what I'm learning, family, is that when we combine these things together through and by faith, the greater our understanding and our confidence and appreciation of God becomes. For instance, the more I read God's Word, the more I can pray God's Word back to Him. Particularly when problems and challenges arise. We saw Jesus do this when He was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, didn't we? In other words, if we are not clear on God's promises, how can we be confident in them? And so, when we engage in multiple spiritual disciplines together, they help to deepen our understanding and strengthen our confidence in God. Now, stay with me on this. For me, right, now this is, this is the book of Rodney, right? For me, for me, I liken combining spiritual disciplines together. I liken them to my favorite foods, right? My favorite foods that are full of ingredients that may be fine individually, but when you put those things together, whew, life changing. Now, for, for instance, I don't know all the ingredients in pound cake, right? I, I'm not a cook, I'm not a baker, I just, just not, what this, this, is, this is me, right? This is my life. But Jacqueline and I had some pound cake over the 4th of July. I'm sure y'all had some, some good meals over the 4th of July. We had some pound cake uh, 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 over the 4th of July. And let me tell you something. Listen to me. As my friend says, this is important. I need you to hear me. This pound cake was off the chain. Listen, you ever, you ever ate something so good that when you ate it, you looked around at the people that was eating it to see if they experienced the same thing you experienced? That's what me and Jacqueline did. We've been into the pound cake. We looked at each other. Are you, are you, are you feeling what I'm feeling? Because when we, when we put things together... It's just like when we, as we walk with God, we are better together than any of us are individually. And so with spiritual disciplines, in my opinion, they're the same way. When we put them together, when we do them together, they deepen our understanding 
appreciation of God. And our understanding of God is important because it affects our experiences with God. And so one of the other things we learn is that prayer helps to align our plans with God's plan, doesn't it? Prayer helps us to align those plans because they often look very different, don't they? You may have seen this, this picture like this before. This is what they often look like, right? Our plan, God, give me from A to B, boom. But God often takes us in, in ways and down paths that, that we, don't, we don't always want to go down, right? And so prayer helps us to align these things together. What I'm learning, family, is that there's, there's value in this process that God takes us to. Because we want to get to the end. We want to get to where the flag is. But what we fail to take, take into consideration is that God has to prepare us for what's waiting for us when we get there. And prayer helps us with this process. Because it's just that, right? It's a process. It's a journey. It's a journey. And I'm learning that the journey is not not falling down. The journey is falling down and getting back up. The journey is taking two steps, falling down, dusting yourself off, and continuing on the journey. That's what this is. And this is why we want to talk about the journey of prayer. In the next two weeks, this is what we're going to be talking about, the journey of prayer. Now, journey is simply defined as the passage from one place to another. The passage from one place to another. Now, why is this idea of a journey, this idea of a journey, why is this a useful metaphor for prayer? It's a useful metaphor for prayer because prayer is the journey between my heart and God's heart. Prayer is the journey between your heart and God's heart. Now, why is that journey for you and I so important? I want you to consider for a moment the world that we live in. Just for a moment, consider the world that we live in. While there's evidence of God's beauty and God's power all around us, there's also an abundance of chaos, confusion, and evil, isn't it? Chaos, confusion, and evil that seek to keep our hearts separated from God's heart. Undoubtedly, this is part of the reason why the scripture in 2 Corinthians 4.4 calls the devil the God of this world. I mentioned some time ago that I believe one of the main purposes of prayer is alignment, right? Whereby we surrender our will and our way to God's will and His way. Well, surrender and submission is a matter of the heart. And this is why we have to make this such an important part of our prayers. Prayers for us shouldn't just be us sitting down, kneeling down, driving in our cars, asking God for what it is we want. It should be an exchange of what we want for what he wants. That's why it's a matter of the heart. And so with that in mind, prayer is a necessary component in the life of a believer because while it helps to bring alignment, it also helps to keep our hearts from being fearful and losing hope amid all of the evil, the chaos, and confusion. Because somebody's heart needs hope when it doesn't look like their situation is turning out the way they want it to turn out. Somebody's heart needs to not be fearful when it looks like you may lose your job, when it looks like you may lose your home. Somebody's heart needs to not be fearful. Prayer helps us to do that. In fact, as Jesus was giving his sermon on the mount, he said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He wasn't just talking about eternally, but we'll see God in our situations. We'll see God in our circumstances. We'll see God. And with a 
Bible talks about the heart, it's not specifically talking about the organ in our chest, right? It's referring to our emotions. It's referring to our will. It's referring to our intellect. This is why Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. And prayer helps us to guard our hearts. Prayer helps me from getting in God's way of what He wants to do in my life. Because if you, if you live long enough, one of the things I pray is when I look in the mirror every morning, I'm staring face to face with the hindrances to God's plan for my life. Me. And the same is true for you. So through prayer, God invites us to know His heart, what matters most to Him. And through prayer, we invite God into our hearts, that He will make our hearts more like His, right? Not my will, but your will be done. So today, we're going to look at Acts chapter 27. You can turn there now, remain seated. But we're going to look at Acts 27 today. And these last two chapters of the book of Acts are specifically devoted to Paul's journey to Rome and his time there. And we're going to learn some things as we camp out here over the next two weeks. Please feel uh, free to read chapters 27 28 uh, this week to get a full picture of, of what God is doing here and what he wants to say to us through this through these chapters as we talk about the journey of prayer. This is what Luke writes in Acts 27, verse number 1. Now, I'm going to read it from uh, the ESV translation of the Bible. It says, And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some, of, and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. Now, this, this journey, this is a continuation of the third missionary journey of the Apostle Paul that began during the fall of A.D. 59. Right? Here's a map of the journey that they went on. This is a map of the journey that they went on. Now, this, this journey, it had about 11 stops on it. Had about 11 stops on the journey. Some stops were planned. Some of the stops were unplanned. But as Luke talks about this journey, he devotes 59 verses. 59. 59 verses to this journey. He devotes. Now, on a, on a literary level, the journey to Rome is written in a way where it describes how far and how difficult it is to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. It's written in a way where it highlights that. It highlights how far and how difficult it is to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. So Paul's journey is both a literal and a metaphorical picture of how difficult it is to live on gospel mission. It is a literal and a metaphorical picture of how difficult it is to live for God. In other words, it's a difficult picture. It's a picture of the difficulty, rather, of the faith journey that you and I experience every single day. His journey is a picture of that. This is why Luke summarizes the difficulty of the journey with this simple phrase in Acts 27, 4b. He simplifies it with this simple phrase when he says, the winds were against us. Simplifies it. Now, I don't know, this is what I need you to do. I need you to circle that, underline it, highlight it in your Bible. Because we're going to come back to that phrase in just a moment as we think about our faith journey and our walks with God. Paul faced very real and dangerous challenges along the journey. 
That's what they say. This, this passage of Scripture highlights some of what they went through as they faced very real and dangerous challenges along the journey. Just as was the case with Paul and his team, opposition will arise to keep us from God's heart. Opposition will arise to keep you from doing what God intends for you to do. Maybe that's the reason why you're going through what you're going through right now. Maybe that's the enemy trying to keep you from doing and being all that God is trying to get you to do and who, and who he's trying to get you to become. These challenges and oppositions, is actually the story of the book of Acts. It's the story of the book of Acts, which highlight the beginning of the church, right? In other words, God's people pursue God's mission, and the mission faces opposition, and God's power is displayed in spite of the opposition and the weakness, so that God is made known. And without a doubt, some of the opposition and challenges we face are so that God can be made known in your heart, in your life, and in your circumstance. Maybe God wants to use you to show somebody else who he is. So when I think about it that way, I consider it a privileged position to be used by God to demonstrate or show somebody else who he is in the earth, to show somebody else his presence and his power, which is different from what I want to do, right? I want a straight line to where I'm going. If I'm honest, I want a straight line to where I'm going, but I also want to be used by God. That's the interesting paradox, right? We want easy living, but we want to be used mightily for God. And so the first thing that I want you to look at in this text is in verse 4b, when he says, the winds were against us. Have you ever felt like that? You ever felt like the winds of life were against you? I mentioned a couple weeks ago, there's something that Jacqueline and I have been praying for for three years. It's real easy for me to say, God, you use me to speak your truth and to bless people every single week, everywhere I go. Why, why this challenge, God? Why? Why haven't you shown up and manifested yourself in this way? Maybe there's a testimony at the end of this text. Maybe there's somebody that we have yet to meet that's going to need to hear the frustration and the pain that we're going through now. He said the winds were against us. Here's something interesting that I'm learning about the winds being against us. Sometimes the winds are real, and sometimes the winds are perceived. Sometimes the winds are real, sometimes they're perceived. Either way, either way, there are opportunities for alignment. Either way, there are opportunities for prayer and to invite God in to our situation and to our circumstances. I don't know about you, but sometimes my circumstances don't match my call. That's how I feel. Sometimes I feel like my circumstances do not match my calling. And so we see Paul here being called to do something mighty for the kingdom of God. And undoubtedly, the circumstance that he's in doesn't seem to match. Conventional wisdom would say, God, if you're calling me to go to Rome to speak truth, make the pathway straight. Make it easy for me to get there. But we see that the journey here in Acts chapter 27 is nothing but easy. And the same might be true for somebody in this room today. Maybe the journey or the pathway that God has you on is not easy. 
Maybe you feel like your situation or your circumstances doesn't match the life that you feel that God is calling you to live. Hopefully, as we journey and we talk about the journey of prayer, hopefully it'll give somebody hope to where you find yourself right now. And that you'll realize, as we'll see here with Paul, that ultimately all things are working together for his good. So he said in 4b, he said the winds were against him. But in verse 7, the first part of the verse, it says that the progress was slow. The progress was slow. We talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about God saying no or God saying wait. Many people will erroneously assume that because the winds are against them or because the progress is slow, that whatever they're attempting to do is not of God. Slow progress and winds being against people have caused many people to abort the mission that God has them on. And what I want to show you is that though the winds were against Paul and the people he was with, though the progress was slow, he was still on mission. He was still right where God wanted him to be. Sometimes slow progress and the winds being against you are the evidence of being on mission. Sometimes they're the evidence that you're right where you're supposed to be doing exactly what God has called you to do. This is why prayer is so important because it helps us to discern the presence of God and his direction in our lives, which can be even more difficult when the winds are against us and when the progress is slow. Undoubtedly, we've all at some point said, this is taking, this is taking longer than I thought. This is taking too long. And right along with that comes the temptation to want to move ahead of God and do what? Take control of the situation. I don't know about you, but I've often asked, should I, keep, should I even keep praying about this? Should I even keep going? Because the progress is slow. I was so encouraged last week with a friend of mine, um, known this guy since we were 17. We were stationed in the military together. I've known this guy 30 some odd years, and he's worked for the same organization now for 20 plus years. Same organization. And because we're friends, I, I know that it's been a struggle for him. He loves the organization. He loves the mission. He loves what he gets to do with this organization. But for 20 years, he struggled to be there. Because while he loved what he was doing, and he loved the mission of the company, he had to get part-time jobs to make ends meet. So we had, we've had several conversations over the years about whether or not he should stay there or whether he should leave. And so I was so encouraged last week when, when I found out he got a, he got a position now as, as a COO for this company. But one of the things we talked about was the fact that the progress was slow. 20 years in the making. And what God reminded us in that conversation was God, God heard your prayers. For 20 plus years, God heard your prayers. And he answered it in an unconventional way. The path wasn't what he thought it would be. But God showed up. Now he has to move from Virginia to, Virginia to Louisiana. But God answered his prayer. But the progress was slow. And maybe that's the word for somebody today. The progress was slow, but maybe God needs you to hold on. Maybe God needs you to stay there. Don't move. Don't take the matter into your own hands. 
stay there and trust God. Maybe that's a word for somebody. And in that, God wants you to know that he understands, he understands how uncomfortable it is. He understands right where you are, but he also sees the finish line. He sees the ending of the story. And I believe, just like my friend Reggie, there's something waiting for us on the other side of this storm that we're in. Slow doesn't mean that God is not working or that God does not hear you. Remember, we have an enemy that wants to keep us from God's heart and God's mission. I'm always reminded of, of, of Daniel. Do you remember when we did the study of the book of Daniel? Daniel prayed and fasted for three weeks. And the angel came. He said, I heard, the first day you prayed, I heard you. The first day you prayed, your prayers were answered. He said, but the prince of Persia withstood me. That was the enemy. That was the spirit of the enemy. So I believe the word for somebody today is, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing God. Don't stop hoping in the better. But just know that when the better comes, it might be different than what you expect. But we serve a faithful God. We serve a loving God, a living God. And he's right with you in the middle of your circumstances. So the winds were against them, and the progress was slow. Verses 9 through 12 say, the winter was upon them. Let's look at verses 9 through 12 together. It says, we had lost a ton of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall. And Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. Verse 12, and since Fair Havens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, farther up the coast of Crete, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. The winter was upon them. What do I mean? Bad things happen. We go through winter seasons as children of God. I heard a pastor say the other day, why are we surprised when bad things happen? Why are the children of God surprised when they go through storms? None of us are exempt from winter seasons. But it doesn't mean that the journey is not still ordained by God. We all go through winter seasons. Maybe the winter, maybe the bad season, or maybe the storm is what will get us to see God the clearest. I don't know about you, but it's during the storms when I'm on my knees the most. This, this thing that, that Jack and I have been praying for for three years, it has forced me to my knees. In ways other things have not. And though the blessing may be denied is giving me the privilege of deeper intimacy with God. I'm learning, family, that God is faithful and He's with us and He gives us perspective and He helps us to find purpose in our pain and in our problems. If we'll trust Him in the winter seasons, He'll give us purpose. He'll give us perspective of the pain that we go through. But now watch this, as if winter wasn't enough, 
another storm came. Verses 14 through 20. Verse 14 through 20. Have you ever felt like you could not catch a break in life? You ever felt like you couldn't, you couldn't catch a break? At the end of this month, I'm going to share with you all a piece of my story. Well, that was exactly how I felt. For a span of four years, I could not catch a break. I'll tell the story how I was driving Uber, how I was washing dishes uptown at Luciano's for $8.25 an hour. So, like, I couldn't catch a break. You'll hear about how I had to sell my furniture on Thanksgiving weekend just to make it. How I had to borrow upwards of $500 from friends every single month just to make my rent. So, like, I couldn't catch a break. This is where they were. On mission for God. During that season, I prayed God and talked to me. So, why is it this way? Why, why am I going through this? I moved by faith. Believing that this is where you called me to be. But I can't pay my rent.
shows forth his glory in our homes, Father. See, when we hope in our circumstances, our hope in circumstances is pleading in something different than the same Somebody today, I want to remind you before I go of Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 10. He said, On him, on him, on Christ the solid rock, is who we set our home. somebody, God, that there's purpose in their pain. Remind 
us, God, that you're building a testimony. That you love us. God, we pray that we believe, but we ask that you would help our unbelief. We, help, we ask, God, that you would find us in our doubt, in our confusion, in our discouragement. Help us to trust that you are the living God, even in dead situations.